Thank you, Lord Holy Spirit, for your presence. We are living in the most exciting hour and time that I believe that we have ever seen. We have just entered into the new year, 5783. We don't need to wait for the end of the year to know what God's about to do on the planet. We know already what He's going to do. And as we've moved into this year, 5783, according to the Hebrew calendar, uh, we have to understand everything that we do is connected to what God's doing with the Jews. We have been, we have been woven into the tapestry of, of His people. Are you there? Um, we, are the Jew, we are not Jews, we are Gentiles. Amen. And unless you've been born in Israel, then you are, of course, a Jew. But um, this is an, a time that, and as we've moved into this number 5783, really the 5782, 5783 are connected. And I just wanted to say that because you have to understand one or two things where we want to go to this morning. And as we've moved into this new year, I believe that there's some stuff that's going to happen supernaturally. One, as we've moved into this new year, I believe that there will be divine recompense, divine retribution, divine repayment in this season. I believe that there's a couple of stuff in this season that will come upon God's people. God's double portion will come back. In actual fact, if you study the word 5783, you'll find the Bible speaks about the riches and new grace of the riches of God that is, will be available for the people of God. In other words, God is going to, in this uh, economy that's being shaken around the world, God is going to make open a new grace and a new space for His people. Uh, and there's not a lot of people that... Um, listen, if you want to trust in Absa more than when you want to trust in the living God, that's your problem. Are you there? But we're going to trust in, the, in God that, is, that doesn't run out of silver and doesn't run out of gold. He doesn't have moths that comes in and steal. He doesn't have inflation to deal with. He is a supplier. He is also consuming fire. Are you guys with me? So in this 8 o'clock service, tell your neighbor, look alive. Come on. We have to look alive. Just smile like you're looking alive this morning. But what I want to pray, what I want to speak to, so there's many things, and I don't want to go into that this morning, but there's many things in this season that we can definitely be waiting for. And as I say, we can see in the season that we will move into a season of recompense. We'll move into a season of retribution. We'll move into a season where there'll be many suddenlies. God will supernaturally move upon His people. You will see angelic visitations. You'll see angelic intervention in this hour. God is going to make a declaration and He's going to make a massive difference between His people and the people of this world. But there's something that we have to trust in and that's His Word. Are you there? It's not good enough to know about His Word. You have to trust in the Word. The Word works. Save me again. The Word works. And so this morning we're going to continue. We are a praying church. Are you there? That's why we pray so much. Because Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. The word prayer is the word proskaneo, and it means worship and pray. It's both of them together. Because your, your prayer life is very important. And I want to speak to this morning of why, just in a few minutes, why I believe many Christians are not praying and not understanding the hour that we are moving in. And I want to go to the, to the message Bible. And I must say, as I was looking at this, and I hope I'm going to get to, to all of these things this morning, um, as, as the Holy Spirit leads us. But as I was studying this, because I want to get the church to a place that they understand all of us have to pray. And if you don't pray, you'll have to pray after today. I'm going to show you one or two things. And I, as I'm taking you there the whole time, we're pushing into prayer, we're pushing into the inner room. Because why? You are only as good as your secret place. It's true. 
The secret place doesn't hide you from Satan, but it does make you unavailable for the devil. Let me say that again. The secret place doesn't hide you from the devil. It does make you unavailable for me. In other words, he can see you, but he can't find you. <laughs> okay, so Matthew chapter number 6, let's go there, out of the message translation. Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 6 says this. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role, to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who, pray, who praise ignorantly. They're full of formulas, please note this, and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what they want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. <laughs> this is your father that you are dealing with. He knows better than what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray simply. Listen, let me read that again. I want you to catch the revelation right from the start. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray simply. You can pray simply. So the first thing I want you to understand about prayer is this. When you, when you understand prayer, prayer is not a formula. In actual fact, the disciples never asked Jesus what was the formula to signs, wonders, or miracles. They never asked the Lord that. They never said, Lord, teach us how to do a miracle. Teach us how to do a, a, a sign. Teach us how to do a wonder. No, they asked Him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Amen. Why? He, they saw something of Jesus that was, that was unusual. Are you afraid? As I was pondering the scripture this week, you must excuse me because there was so much for me in the scripture because I'm understanding the power of prayer more than any other season in my life. This morning, I was very early. I was up. The Lord woke me up half past one this morning. He said, hey, I, I want to spend time with you. I'm like, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm sleeping. It's like, just wake up. Let's come just spend just five minutes and you can go sleep again. You see, I have to understand that if you, unless you fall head over heels in love of Jesus, and Jesus is not the focus, then, the, then the, the, the motivation of why you're doing the Christian life is wrong. Jesus is not, a, a, Jesus is not Lord. And you see, there's a massive difference between understanding that, the, that believing about and believing in. Let me say that again. There's a massive difference about believing about and believing in. I can believe about the cross. I can believe about the blood. I can believe about, about that the tomb is empty. But as soon as I start to believe in it, it shifts the priorities. Because now it means that I need to trust in what He says He is and who He is and what He is and what He can do. Are you with me? I'm sorry to say, but even demons believe about the cross. They even believe about the empty tomb. But what makes us different, we have to believe in the cross, in the empty tomb, and in the blood. Are you there? And as I was thinking about this, uh, there's many things I'm going to throw out this morning. But I, I want you to understand certain things with me. Because Jesus says this, 
and guys just get ready with those chairs in in Matthew chapter number four verse number eight please listen to me carefully and Ikiri you also need to get ready Matthew chapter number four and verse number eight listen to this again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory all this I will give you he said and we know the story I don't need to teach you about this if you fall down and worship me he was in an hour of temptation right come on are you guys with me Jesus was facing an hour of temptation by the way can I just make something very clear God cannot lead you into temptation I can never control what comes into my life I can however control how I'm going to respond to what comes into my life can I say that again I cannot control all things because we're not God but what we can do is we can control how we're going to respond to that with God oh that was better than your than your and your amen there verse number 10 away from me Satan Jesus declared for it is written you will worship the Lord your God and here he says something and I've always missed this in scripture up to now and serve him only and as I read that it jumped up to me Lord said to me the first thing that you have to understand is that the power of prayer comes in single devotion you see many of us and I want to teach you this thing we I want you to, that you can understand this most of us pray but we already have a double thinking in our own hearts before we ask in other words we ask the Lord provide for us but we already have a somehow a plan if he doesn't we say Lord heal us but we still have a secondary plan if he doesn't and I'm not saying we mustn't use secondary things I am saying when we ask we have to believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him we have to be single-minded and I want to say to you honestly this morning it is the easiest temptation to become double-minded and the Lord said to me on Friday night he said to me be single focusedly minded about what you're asking me you cannot doubt you have to believe you have to be single-mindedly thinking about that means you have to keep your thoughts in a single direction are you with me come on guys I'm, are, are you guys okay are you responding this morning and as I was doing this the Lord said to me I want to give you something I want to give you a secret that you can tell your people that this morning there's something that the devil cannot do yet he has sometimes power to attack us come on all of you that sit here you have been attacked come on if you if you're not been attacked then you're not a Christian it's simple because then then because the devil believes in you more than what you might believe in yourself that's why attacks by the way thieves never rob empty vaults Let it sink in. Thieves never rob empty vaults. So the devil only attacks what's valuable to God. Because he's trying to destroy the image of God on the planet. That's why the whole planet is, is under the sway of the wicked one, the scripture says. And the planet is getting confused. Why is the planet getting confused? Because Satan is messing with the image. That's why suddenly a boy says to you, he doesn't know who he is or what he is. Hey, where does that come from? That's satanic. 
trying to mess with, you know, no, I'm this, I'm that. No, you are a boy or you are a girl and you're born like that and you're going to stay like that. It doesn't matter how you feel. Let's not be confused about these matters. Come on, are you guys okay? Can we... Can we preach the word unadulterated? Listen, I'm past, I'm 40 by now, so I, don't, I couldn't care what people think anymore. I've lost the fear of man. Because I believe unless we preach the gospel unadulterated, we will not make it through this season. We have to say the word as the word is, because it is still available to heal us, to redeem us, to save us, to deliver us. But we have to say it like it is. Come on. You know, yesterday, my, she's not here yet, so she'll come in the second service, so I can tell you guys in the first service. Yesterday, my, my, my daughter had her, um, had her birthday and, uh, or the week before, and, and yesterday we had the party, so there was about 50 or 40 uh, teenagers descending upon my house. And I was checking this thing out. And, you know, it was a swimming party, and so... You know, the girls, they, they get dressed in their stuff. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very strict on how my girls pre- present themselves. Because they're nobody's sale ticket. They're meant for one husband. Can we speak like that? My girls are bought by the blood. That means one husband. They don't need to try out a lot. They can just have one husband. Come on, how are you praying as parents here? You're praying differently than what I'm praying. One husband is most enough, young. You see, you have to decide, are you a Mercedes-Benz? Or are you a rental? Many boys, one heart. Let me just get that out. I'm not, I, t- I teach my kids, don't rent your heart out. You've got one heart. So anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story was, here comes uh, one of the ladies, young ladies that was with my daughter. And she walks down and she's got a t-shirt on. I'm like, I, I, I bump Shannon. I'm like, does this kid have, does this girl have clothes on? Because she comes down walking down this, and forgive me for saying it, but she has, she has a thong. I'm like, sorry. It's not on. Good tell the girl, I say. Here in this house. No thongs. You can swim in your gene. Because you check the boys, they're like, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. No, we're not going to drop our standards to fit in of the culture. I want to show you something. There's a power here. Uh, Kiri, where are you? I want, to, I want you to see something. I found something, that, a secret that the Lord taught me during this week. And it's something that I loved, but I didn't understand up to now. And the Lord started to reveal this to me. You know, sometimes God reveals things for you after you've lived it. And so I found this. Just come and sit next to me. I found this. I found that Satan wanted, had the place of being Lucifer once. He was a worshiper, right? Come on guys, right? He's no longer Lucifer, he, he lost his position. He lost his position. But now, I am a worshiper. All of us are worshippers. 
Sorry if I, if I was singing just my side. Or we are worshippers, right? And then the Lord said this to me. He said this. He said, <laughs> he said you can, you can, you can, the devil can never get the place back of, of being a worshiper. And you cannot control what comes into your life. But what you can do is you can decide if you're going to worship what comes into your life by paying an attention. Or you can worship over it and disembowel it from its power. And then as, as, I, was, as I was sitting here, and let's, let's use an example. Let's say there's, there's debt in front of me. Let's say there's sickness in front of me. And then I, I understood something. Let's say there's poverty in front of me or, or a difficult situation in front of me, whatever they might be. I found something. The Lord said to me, if you start to worship over this, you have to understand your worship disembowels this thing. And here is, here is the greater power. The devil has to sit down and he has to, I'll sit again down just now. The devil has to sit down and he has to watch as you worship over that thing that he has brought into your life and he doesn't have any power over that because you refuse to give him the glory and the praise and the honor. And I love this, I love this and I'll, I'll use my own pain that you can understand. When my mom and my dad died, it was one of the greatest events of my life because I miss them dearly still. But when they died, we didn't know what to do because nobody can prepare you for that. And so we went back to our roots. Shannon and I, we held hands. His mom went in the, into glory. We, we worshiped the Lord. We sang the song, How Great Is the Lord. We sang two songs actually. We sang the song about the goodness of God. We worshiped while in pain. And I realized that God doesn't waste pain. And then the Lord said to me during this week, I want you to understand there's somebody with you that worships with you. You are not alone. And I realize I have an intercessor. His name is Jesus. So let's, let's, Let's imagine this is sickness. Let's imagine this is poverty. Let's imagine this is a loved one. Let's imagine you've lost, you've lost it. Let's imagine you've lost, loved the business. You know what you can do? You can worship the Lord. And as we worship the Lord, we disembowel the power of the evil one. But here's the thing that I like the most. He has to watch us. He has to watch us while we do it. So it will sound something like this. I'm going to try and Nikita is going to help me, okay? So let's say I've got a sickness or poverty or a pain or I've lost my dad, I've lost my mom. 
And Lord, the Lord has healed my heart by that, by the way. But in this situation, you have a, a moment you can respond well. And you can sing something like this. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will sing how great. How great is our God. Sing, we sing over it now. Come on, sing of us. How great is our God. Sing with me. Age to age. Age to age, he stands. Yes, he's the same. And time is seen, his hands. Oh, beautiful. Beginning and the end. Help me, Kitty. Beginning and the end. Oh, yes, the God in three and one. The God in three. Confuses the devil. He doesn't understand because you're using a weapon that is given you that was once Lucifer, but it's now ours. And what I want you to understand, we worship him not because we understand. We worship him even though we don't understand. But we still made up our minds to give him the glory. Oh church, I've given you a weapon this morning. If you can worship Him in your trial, if you can worship Him in your persecution, if you can worship Him in your deepest, deepest, darkest pain, I'm telling you this morning that He will answer by fire. He's the God that answers all. Come on. Give Him some praise and some honor. Are you guys okay? How great. Oh, we'll see how 
Amen, amen. Welcome to be seated again. I want that picture. Quickly show me the picture. You see, I didn't, I didn't ask. I just, I just, I just asked a kitty. He know, he knew about today. None of the others I spoke to. They all came to help us worship. Why? Your response is not just about you. Your response will heal others too. No, you didn't get what I'm saying. The way you respond heals other people. Put up that picture, please. This picture, there was once a man, I'll come down to explain, then I'll come up again. I'll just give me my iPad, please. This picture is a very well-known picture. It's a picture of where the devil is playing a, a chess match. And the pictures, the, this art piece, art piece name is Checkmate. It's called Checkmate. You can go and study it yourself. It's called Checkmate. And one day, there was a tour of, in a museum. And there was a, a world champion Czech chess player in the tour. And everybody was watching, I was walking by and the, the tour guide was explaining, this is the art piece called Checkmate. And they were looking at it and everybody left. And this world winner chess player he was standing still and he was examining the chessboard and everybody went on and they they went on of the tour and eventually the tour guide realized but the chess player is not with them and he went back with to him and he says listen are you going to join the tour or are you not going to join the tour why are you standing here he said the following, he said, either they'll have to change the name of this thing or because it can't stay the same. He said, what do you mean? He says that the chess, the chess, the chess board, this is checkmate, it's done. He says, you know, of course, I'm a world winner chess chess player I'm the best I said yeah I know I said well again I say they'll have to change the name of this thing because they're wrong he says what do you mean he says look at it carefully and when they examined it the chess player said this this name is definitely wrong because on this chess piece the king still has got one move left that will change the game. He said, what do you mean that the, the king has got one move? He said, exactly what I'm busy saying to you. He said, the king on this chess piece has got still one move that will shift the game and he can still win the game. 
And as I saw this yesterday and I, I got it from someone, the Lord just spoke to me so clearly and the Lord said to me, there's many people here and there's, we can be in circumstances and in situations that it can look like, it can seem like it is checkmate, but I'm here to tell you this morning, the King has still one move. Come on, are you with me? I don't know your situation, but I know the King. And He has a move that the devil doesn't know about. Ah, oh, come on. Come on, just give Jesus the mightiest shout of praise that you can. Are you there? Are you there? Come on, give Jesus some praise. Yeah, come on, again, give, give Him some praise. Oh, man, the Word of God is loving. I want to go deeper. Can I go deeper? I've got time. Then the Lord said to me this. He said to me, you have to understand one of the many reasons why I don't answer my people is because their hearts cannot host what they want. I cannot give them something that their hearts are not ready for because they cannot host it. May I say to you this morning, one of the reasons why Jesus or why the Father sometimes, because I believe God answers prayer, full stop. But many times God cannot answer us because the answer will not be hosted well unless He has dealt with our hearts. See people, let's use an example. You have to understand that prayer, let me go deeper that you can understand what I'm saying. Prayer is not about persuading God. He's already persuaded. Let me say that again. Prayer is not about persuading God. He is persuaded. He is so persuaded that He gave His Son when you were still a sinner. You don't need to persuade Him in prayer. He is persuaded. Prayer is about ushering in what's already been done in heaven on earth. But before heaven can come in and you host heaven, the first thing that you'll look for before you can host it is, is your heart compatible with His kingdom? And if it's not, He can't answer you. Because dirty containers cannot carry life. I'm telling you the truth. Because so many times we look at the external things. God says, I look at the heart. And unless your heart is clean and pure, David said it like this. He said, Lord, study my heart. Study my intentions. Study my thoughts. Study it. And if there's something that's not well-pleasing to you, challenge it. And God took him on on that. Why? Because David was desperate about hosting the presence. The presence was his top priority. May I say to you to today, there are many people in today's world and age, their hearts are not in a good condition. They, they worship Jesus of their lips, 
but their hearts is far away from Him. And therefore, the re- one of the reasons why He doesn't answer is because either we don't abide in His words, because Jesus says, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, ask me for whatever in my name and my Father will do it. So either we are not abiding in His words like we should, and this is not to beat anybody, but either we're not abiding in His words like we should, or we have become double-minded, or we have allowed our hearts to be infiltrated by the spirit of this age. Come on. You see, you cannot... You cannot fool the Lord. Jesus knows. He knows. The Bible says our thoughts is known in heaven. Oh, let me go a little bit deeper here. I want you to understand this. God does not run an orphanage. It's not about three meals a day. (laughs) Come on. He's not running an orphanage. He's running a household. Orphans fight for equal shares. Sons don't worry about the share. They're walking in favor. It's a big difference. Are you there? And I'm, it is true to say, and as I, as I looked at it again, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus starts it like this. He says, our Father. He doesn't say, my Father. He says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The purpose of prayer is to glorify God. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be so on the earth. So the motivation of why you should pray is not so that God can use you more or even for God to answer you. The motivation of why you should pray is you must find out what God is doing and then you must do what your Father is doing. Because Jesus said, I do nothing and I say nothing unless I hear and see. Come on, are you there? The motivation of prayer is to let the kingdom of heaven come. But here's a secret. Let as when you go to your Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then I found something. Listen to this. Give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have to understand that my answers might be individual based, but my impact is family orientated. In other words, I can only, listen to me, I want to help everybody here this morning. I can only answer you if what you're requesting from me is bigger than you. Because unless it's bigger than you, then it's all about you. No, I want to use your situation for a greater impact. I'll answer you, but you have to ask me first that it's bigger than you. Let us. You see, there has to be an us. Lucy Satan's bigger trick, biggest trick in the book is I. And he's, and he's made it personal. My pain. My trial. No, it's our trial. Jesus says, therefore pray like this. Our Father, let 
give us our daily bread. Bread is deliverance, by the way. God makes it very clear. He says, listen, when you pray, make sure that really the motivation of your prayer has a kingdom impact. Come on, guys. Many people that ask God for businesses. The reason why your business is not succeeding because you want to make wealth for you. God will not answer that. But as soon as you start to pray, thinking, God, take my business so that I can impact here, build the kingdom, establish this, establish that for your namesake. Suddenly it's got something to work with. The greatest insult we can give to the Lord is to doubt if He can. Oh, come on, guys. Our Father means we are, we are contending for a breakthrough for heaven to come here. And then the Lord said this to me yesterday afternoon. He said this, with a dull axe head, everything seems to be a burden. The Lord said to me, with a dull axe head, everything seems to be like a burden. In other words, if we look at, at a tree stump, big tree, and we want to chop down the tree and our blades are not sharp, we're going we're gonna to chop very, very long. You might be doing the right thing, but you're not effective. You're trying to chop something without a blade. It's not going to work. Are you there? And then the Lord said this final thing. Prayer is about, listen to me carefully, prayer is about, Jesus said, in our account, in our account, listen to me carefully, Bible says all the riches of Christ is already in your account. It's already there. Prayer is about taking what is in your account out. Living the Christian life is about taking what is in your account out of it. Healing is already in your account. Let me say it like this. It's going to sound blunt, but it will help you. We have a lot of boasters, but not a lot of hosters. We have a lot of Christians that will tell us, that will boast about the miracles. Host the miracles. Don't boast about your money. Host the kingdom of heaven, which has all the economy. Don't boast about healing. Host healing. Church is not about shouting louder. Church is about penetrating deeper. Taking territory for the kingdom of God. And here's a secret that I have found out. It's 17 years of ministry. This, you know... I said to Shana, <laughs> I said to her yesterday, I feel like a special child because certain on this stuff God only reveals to me now. The Lord said to me, if you are convinced about my power, then don't doubt me when you ask. Trust me. Trust is the highest commodity in the kingdom. But trust also doesn't look stupid. In other words, we can't say, let me just help you because I want us to be balanced in our approach. 
we can't say, Lord, help me in my finances, yet we go into debt all the time. That's foolishness. Are you guys there? We can't say, Lord, do this, but we are violating everything on this side. God is not, there's certain rules and regulations given to the planet, which we function in. Guys, are you okay? Are you with me? And what I want you to understand this morning is simply this, and I'll, and I'll close with these thoughts. It's simply this, that the Bible makes it very clear that whatever is worshipped, whatever is worshipped is God to you. Let me say that again. Whatever is worshipped is God to you. But if you refuse to give it worship, you take its power away from it. Now it might be present, but it's lost its power. It might be present, but it has no authority. Why? You are not worshiping it. You are worshiping over it. And when you start to worship over something, it has to leave. You say, where do you get that from? Come with me to the Bible. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. All this I'll give you, he said, if you will fall down and worship me. Listen to Jesus. Away from me, Satan. Jesus declared, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Now listen here. Verse number 11. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. I'm telling you today, if we focus our worship single-mindedly upon Jesus Christ, the power of the evil one gets removed from him. He already doesn't have authority, but sometimes he does attack, right? How do you get out of that attack? Worship the Lord. Worship Him. You might say, but I, it might, might not change it immediately. No, what you're, what, you're, what you're doing is you're bringing all the glory back to God. And by bringing the glory back to God, God Himself goes to battle. I don't know if you're catching this. I want to land this in, the, in your spirits this morning. Well, I'm almost done. They, last week we had chaos when I went on too long. <laughs> There's so many people. So the guys have traffic out there. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. What must I do? If God wants to talk to His people. He'll talk to His people, right? I want you to understand something here. And it's, and it's a, a truth that I want to land in your hearts this morning. God is deeply in love of His people. And if I can teach you dimensions of prayer, I want you to understand it like this. Sometimes we feel very spiritual when we do certain things, right? But I want you to understand as you are seated here this morning, I want to give you hope. As you are seated here this morning, there's some stuff that's unique to you. 
One, your eyes are unique to you. Nobody has your eyes. Just you have your eyes. Two, only you have your, your, your fingerprints. Nobody else has got your fingerprints. Three, nobody has your vocal cords. Only you sound like you. I want to ask you a question. Think of me. I'm a father. I've got three girls. I can tell you that if any one of them need assistance, and I want you to understand this, if they need assistance, it is not the length of the request. It's the urgency of the request that gets my attention. Now I'll say that again. It's not the length of the request. It's the urgency of the request. So if my children shout help, they can, sh they can shout help. Almost like you think like, Ugh. but there's a sound in their voice. All three of the girls, like Jocelyn, for, for example, the other day, she got hurt. And there's a way that she shouts my name that gets me into action immediately. And I will do whatever I need to do. I'll violate whatever I need to break to get to the one that is hurting, right? Come on, are you there? I want you to understand that God will demonstrate His power because He's in love. It is not how long you say that word help. It is the urgency of understanding that you have a father that loves you deeply. And because he loves you deeply, you just need to ask and he'll come. Help me God, I'm here. Help me Lord, I'll show up. Help me God, I'm here to help. What do you want? Come on, he's El Shaddai. Are you there church? You understand what I'm saying? The problem is times is this, and I found this with the children of God, the same with my kids. They don't want my help because they're stubborn. My kids are sometimes stubborn. They are rebellious in their hearts. They think they know better. And sometimes as a father, I leave them in that mess because I want to teach them Without me, you're not going to get it done. <laughs> Christians are some of the most stubborn people on the planet. We have a God that can supply all of our needs. We have a God that can heal us. We have a God that can deliver us. Yet we are so stubborn, we walk with eyes wide open into sin. What's more, we stay in sin. We sometimes refuse to change, even though it's killing us from the inside. Sometimes we refuse to change, even though it's killing us from the outside. Come on, stubborn people. God says, don't you understand that stubbornness is like rebellion? Rebellion is like witchcraft in front of me. Come on, are you there? So what I want you to understand this morning, no, I'm done. I want us to understand that the Lord is in love of us. But He wants to answer us. 
so that the prayer that is answered is bigger than us. It can have a bigger impact. Come on, are you guys there? If we host miracles, healing, provision well, this is how it will look like. God will do it for you so that you can position other people. Moses, come with me. I'm going to take you into the wilderness. Why God? Come, come, come. For 40 years, God teaches him. Right? Moses doesn't understand most of what God is busy doing. Moses, come. It's time to go back. God shows Moses he's the deliverer first. Then he leads 3.5 million Jews out of Egypt. One man. Jesus hangs on the cross, and I'm, now, I'm done now. Jesus hangs on the cross. Think about it. The Bible says the angels find it a mystery. Why is he doing what he's doing? Because he is answering a prayer which the Father sent him to do. That is to set human, human beings free, setting us free. Right? Are you guys okay? At that moment, it seems that it's all about Jesus. No, it was all about us. What am I saying to you this morning? I'm sometimes saying to you, don't waste your angel. Don't waste your angel. I'll say it again. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your angel. Because your deliverance will heal many people. But you have to believe it. And you have to trust in it. And you have to trust in this God that says who He is. You see, we can't believe about Him. We have to believe in Him. We can't say, I believe about Jesus. No, believe in His power, in His healing, in His blood, in His strength, in His deliverance. And I know it's hard. At times it's very hard to say, Lord, how, how do I do this? How do, I, how do I believe when I don't understand? That's the real test of Christianity. It's to trust when you don't understand. Come on church, are you with me? I've given you weapons this morning. I'll end of this. I want us to be a people in this hour, in this day. I believe that very simple. I can teach on and on and on because this is in my spirit. But I, I believe that God has brought us to an hour and to a time where He is not, God is not a man that He can lie. <sighs> yes, Holy Spirit, I'll say that to them. We sometimes say God comes through on 99, right? I want to correct that for the Lord this day. God is not the God that comes through on 99. Christians are the ones that go with honest hearts to Him on 99. Let me say it again. God is not the God that comes through on 99. You see, we have made a theology based on a, a disbelief. No, God is the God that comes through all the time. But most of the people of God goes to Him on 99. 
Don't be like that. Go quickly to God. <laughs> Come on, church. Are you guys with me? Just give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Oh, I'm over my time like bad. I want to, I want, there's much more to say about this. All I want to ask you this morning as, as the first, first group of people here, Tuesday night, we are going to start hunger nights. I'm going to lead it myself. Every Tuesday night, I'm going to lead it. As a church, I'm asking you six o'clock to come and join me. We're going to seek King Jesus. Because I believe that we are in the, one of the greatest outpouring that this world will ever see. We are a remnant church. <laughs> That's who we are. Are you guys there? And so I want to ask you, come and join me. And why am I saying what I'm saying? Because I honestly want to seek the Lord's face with you. Because He is to be found. I believe the Lord has placed us in this side of the mountain. And in other branches that we have. That we can be the influence. We can be the voice. So I want to encourage every single one of you, come and join me on, on this Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. Are you there? Drive from your work. Come here. Doesn't matter what ESCOM does. We have things that doesn't touch us. We couldn't care less about what ESCOM does and doesn't do. But I want us to come and I want us to be serious. And what we're going to do, we're going to pray together. We're going to deal with certain things specifically. Each Tuesday, we'll, I'll choose a topic as the Holy Spirit leads us and we're going to deal with it. And we, all of us here, I say it again like I said last week Sunday, there will not be a sick person in this church. I tell you, I asked the Lord that. We have to, you know, in, and I'll leave you with a, with a thought. It's just a thought. When I was in school, right? I was in school. I, you know, I got into one or two messes. So there was this thing that we did in school. We we pulled a line like that. And we said, if you, if you step over that line, you know what I'm talking about. Now for me, for Shannon and myself, we have drawn the line. And we have said, that side is all these other things. This side, we're in our camp. We have asked the Lord, Lord, help us. That we don't see sickness, poverty, pain, lack. No, Lord, we have drawn the line. And I want to pray with you. I want to lock shields with you. And we've said we've drawn the line. That's why it's so important who you lock shields with. Because the people that you lock shields with has to be people of faith. That's why a, oh, I need to stop. That's why a disbeliever and a believer cannot lock shields together. They've got nothing in common. Jump to your feet. Amen. Oh, no. Say amen. And these hunger nights are going to go all the way to the end of October and then into November. And as we do it, at the end of November, we're going to have a a holy hunger conference with Apostle Nikki is going to be here with Apostle Neville he's going to be here with Daniel is going to come he's going to be here and I'm working with one of my other friends possibly also to be here we're going to go after God of all that we have so that this whole Pretoria will know there's a God that's in that camp <laughs> come on guys it's time save me it's time 
So Father, this morning I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Lord, that I can pray for every single person in this building. I thank you, Lord, that right now we can say it is time. We trust you, God, for this. We believe that it's to be true. Father, we believe you. Your word works. We are not, we don't disbelieve. Father, this morning I pray that we will understand the importance of prayer. All of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Save me this morning. Lord, Holy Spirit. Help me to understand that your word works. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come and give Jesus some praise. One of the things I'm trusting God for, and as Posse here comes, one of the things I'm trusting God for, listen to me before everybody stand, you can stand for this. You have to be debt free. I'll say it again. You have to be a debt-free people. Guys, listen, and I will be a, a bad leader if I don't tell you. If you have debt, in the next five years, it will choke you up. The world is going that way. God wants to squeeze things up. Don't be a robber of God. I'm honest when I say that. But we in this church, we're going to give the Lord honor so that the Lord can square your debts. He can do it supernaturally, you know. One phone call, He can settle everything. Come on. Don't you believe He can? You serve in a debt-free church. You have to be debt-free. I don't know if you want to take that or not. You have to take it and say, this car that I drive, it's mine. This house that I live in is mine. This clothes that I wear is mine. Come on church, are you there? So we have to become serious about our giving to God and let's not rob God. Robbing God is God looks at you. You're taking what this is. No, don't be like that. Are you with me? Let's put our faith in God, not in mammon. Are you there? Lift your hands church, come on. Father, I wanna pray right now for every single person. I wanna pray that our faith will be in the right places. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that we'll trust you with all of our hearts. Lord, I know that you are busy working in many hearts, Lord. And I'm just praying this morning, Lord Jesus, that every single one of us right now will have a God confidence about us. That we know that 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 you say you are, you are, Lord. We believe you. We trust you. We trust you, God. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that in this church we can declare. Lord, in this church we can declare. Lord, that science, wonders and miracles will be a normal thing. Thank you, Father, that we can declare in this church, Lord, that your power will be a normal thing, that your presence will be a normal thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Say with me, Lord, make me a person of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise offering, won't you? Come on, give him a proper praise offering.